everybody's recording, right? You see the little like recording thing on all your recording <laughs> stuff? Yes, I do. Well, it, it's actually weird in uh, QuickTime because it's a black box when you're recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's that all about? At least the uh, waveforms move, though. Well, it moves even when you're not recording. Oh, does it? That's helpful. You have to, you have to watch the That's time and see that it's ticking up. Got it. Yep. Welcome to Starside Lounge, episode 13. Uh, I'm Bjorn, and with me, as always, is the venerable Xenos. Hello. Hey, Xenos. And uh, we have a small crew tonight. Joining Xenos and I is community guest Brightson. Hey, Brightson. Hello. 13 is a baker's dozen. That's exciting. Yes. A baker's I think you just came up with the uh, show title. <laughs> Score. Yeah. Is there a weapon in Destiny called Baker's Dozen? Because that needs to be a thing. That does that, need to yeah. happen. I feel There's like a lot a, of guns that have 13 bullets in the clip. I feel like, yeah. I was thinking it felt like a rocket launcher name, but <laughs> I think you're right. Like, maybe a hand cannon with, like, 13 rounds. Yeah, maybe it's a exotic. does something special in the 13th round. <laughs> I love it. That would be That would be really cool. Yeah. Let's get on that bungee. Okay. So, uh, it's been a short while since our last show, and Xenos and I even tried to record um, episode 13 a while ago with the, was it the PC beta? Regular beta? Yeah. PC beta. And uh, Bjorn went and screwed it all up, and the files weren't really usable for creating a podcast episode, so that's why... Never- classic Bjorn. Yeah, classic Bjorn. So, uh, he's such a jerk. So that's why that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, Destiny 2 has launched, and we've been playing it, and the community's gotten bored, and then they're unbored, and then there was a laser show, and there's a lot going on. So uh, I was thinking we could start at the beginning and move forward. So Destiny 2 launched. Um, initial impressions, Brighton? I think it's... A really, really good game. It's a great evolution from the original Destiny into something that's much more refined, and you can tell it just has that focus that that the original didn't at launch. Excellent, Xenos. How about uh, how about your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it definitely feels like a sequel, which I think is definitely what they're aiming for, and I'm pretty happy with. Um, a lot of people wanted like more of a slow evolution like you'd have with like a real MMO. But one thing I've always enjoyed about Bungie games is when they come out with a sequel, they don't just refine a couple things. They rework everything. And they definitely did that with Destiny 2. In most cases for good, a few cases, you know, something feel a little bit off just because you're so used to the old system. But overall, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pleasantly, pleasantly uh, surprised with what they came up with. Have, have either of you gone back to play Destiny 1? Uh, since D2 launched. I haven't. I have not either. Yeah, me neither. That's interesting. I, I've sort of been curious about what it would feel like. but I didn't uh, go back and get my Jade Rabbit. 
Oh, that's true. I did. I launched it to go back, talk to Zer, and buy the stupid gun. I didn't even fire it. I just, I just got it in my that's inventory. A, that's left. okay, because your first exotic in Destiny 2, uh, Curse of Osiris, was Jade Rabbit. I so. was going to get to that later, but yeah, you make an excellent point. Uh, Jade Rabbit. Jade Rabbit. Yeah. You're lucky, sir. I was very happy. Very lucky. From a uh, legendary engram, nonetheless, it was wow. spectacular. Yeah. Xenos was there. I was kind of giddy. There was a lot of giggling. <laughs> that, that is an accurate uh, description. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Destiny 2 definitely feels like it's got more polish um, and like more of a cohesive whole than when D1 launched. Absolutely. The the beginning part where everything from where Gaul kicks you off the cliff to moving through the city and just trying to like not die and uh, the music and the it, everything felt like it was a really well put together story. And then sort of in classic Destiny fashion, as you got further along the story, things moved maybe a little too quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the glue wasn't quite there to tell the the story that I was hoping would be there. But I will say there were some really epic moments, like the the action, the scenery, the music, the audio. Um, when you're on the um, oh shoot, what's it called? The Almighty, the Almighty. Thank you. Yeah, that that mission on the Almighty. That's sort of like where it 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 just picked up and went a whole extra degree higher. Um, mm-hmm. that was so much fun. The, the mechanic about being out in the sun, you know, like yep. I had serious thoughts of, uh, you know, marathon days, G4 sunbathing and <laughs> you have to go um, hide in the shadows. That was just spectacular. Yeah. Two vehicle sections. Yeah. All those vehicle sections. That was beautiful. I have um, a, a small beef to pick with the vehicle sections, but not that I don't appreciate them. I actually think they're very well made but i felt like the vehicles were so light compared to even a sparrow i don't know that the uh the tank specifically not not the uh you mean the one that the uh, holiday drops off for you yeah the one holiday drops off in in the uh arcology yeah i but sort of the, the game the gameplay and again the mission structure was actually i thought was really good it was just how it handled felt uh toyish it was like this is like a thing made of paper mache it didn't didn't feel like a scorpion yeah right which meant that you could drive it so there is that (laughs) that's true you you did you did get a little faster than the scorpion ever topped out at yeah well and like cornering and stuff felt much better the uh was it called Mm -hmm. the the dragon the um was it the dragon tank is that right no oh man i don't remember the drake the drake yeah drake yes dragon themed but yeah the uh I really enjoyed the Drake. My my beef with that that section of the mission was that um the the vehicles there were so many points to pick up a brand new vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Little hand holding. Yeah. It was like way too much hand holding. I want to hold on to the vehicle and if I screw it up, I gotta hoof it through that big mission all by myself, you know. Well mm-hmm. I, I- and I think that does bring us to like a, a a real beef I had with Destiny Two compared to Destiny One, which is there was no difficulty options. Mm. So like that would have been fine if that was the normal difficulty, but like it would have been cool if they'd had a harder difficulty where maybe you only get one extra tank drop right. and that's it. Yeah, they yeah. make this big show about you know Amanda's got to fly in and she's like 
you know, taking fire and she's get she's she has to get this tank to you. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you can have as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> and it just didn't quite add up. Yep. But no, I really though overall super enjoyable. Um yeah. the the Gaul storyline was interesting. I felt like he was a uh, a bad guy that I could understand his motivations a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the cutscenes with him and his counselor and the speaker I thought were great for storytelling, but um, it all sort of wrapped up too quickly. I fully expected Gull to be part of the raid boss situation, and turned out that wasn't the thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The the even the um, collector's edition of Destiny Two comes with a kind of a cabal themed. It's actually more of a raid-themed booklet, but Gaul is mentioned in there. And his backstory seemed really interesting. And then they only just like briefly touched on it in the game. And that was really... Uh, disappointing is not quite the right word. But when you... 90% of his cutscenes were just him monologuing to the speaker. And <laughs> right. while that's good for like conveying information, it's not always the most fun to watch. And when that's as much as you get... Ugh, I felt like I would have liked a little bit, yeah, like you were saying, a little more. Where once we beat him in the campaign, he became this big bad, bigger bad that we had to defeat in the in the raid. Well, yeah, and I, basically, up until the point the traveler like comes back alive, that's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. He he becomes that big giant like flaming god in the sky, and I just thought, oh crap we are going to have to fight him as a raid boss. And I don't know what to do about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the traveler took him out for us. And I thought, well, that's convenient, but huh? A little too much deus ex machina, I guess. I, I mean, agree. <laughs> the, I mean, the traveler is a deus ex machina. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. For, for good and bad. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, I think the theme that the campaign chose to talk about was interesting. Again, I don't think they went far enough with the whole idea of like, what does it mean to be chosen? They they didn't ever really wrap up because they just had this ex machina of the traveler coming in and being like, mm, "You kind of screwed up my plan, so I'm just going to have to deal with it myself." Yeah, and then the game just ends, which I mean, it's cool, and and then we just get to start the end game stuff, but the. <laughs> the world has changed significantly from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. And I feel like what we're doing is just the exact same stuff that we were doing at the end of destiny one. Yep. Sort of a trick with, I mean, the, the game design, right? Oh, like definitely. That's, that's, that's the, a... that's, they've backed themselves into that room and they have to figure out how they're going to <laughs> into that corner of the room and figuring out how, how do you tell that compelling story with a satisfying ending while keeping a, a live game ongoing. Exactly. I sort of felt like they, they touched on a good solution with, well, not solution, but Oryx for the duration seemed to mm-hmm. be pretty good. And I actually like where they're leading just like they haven't, I guess they're pretty overt about it, but the, everything with Savathun in destiny Two, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they've done everything except directly come out and say, yeah, this is going to be a expansion situation in the future. Right. Yeah. Um, but those, for those who don't know, you know, Savathun, well, go read the uh, Books of Sorrow, but that's Oryx's sister and long lost. And she was the clever one, right? 
go read Ragashingo's backside uh backside <laughs> <laughs> bite-sized backstory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't do what I first said. Not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I apologize, Raga. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, no, bite side backstory for sure. Um <laughs> Go check that out because I think that's going to lead into a lot of lore that we're going to be seeing in the future with Destiny Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving forward, because we should have had an entire show on little bits of Destiny Two, so we're going to have to sort of move through and cover lots of stuff in smaller sequences. But destinations, environments, uh, Xenos. What's what's your favorite place in Destiny Two so far? Um, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth. I, I really like Nessus a lot, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the the destination leader, uh, the AI, of course. Feel safe, yeah, because she's yeah, by feel far great. the funnest of the of the four four hosts, I guess you'd call them. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, all yeah. the all the destinations are gorgeous, and they all have different feels to them. It doesn't just feel like reskinned. They have very different feels. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's Nessus more than anything, though. I love Vex. And I love Fallen. And actually having them fight, which you didn't see a ton in Destiny 1. You definitely saw it, but it wasn't that common. It's fun. Yeah. And I think House of Wolves was pretty much the only time you saw that in Destiny 1, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when they finally got to Venus. But yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I think I think Nessus is my favorite easily. Uh EDZ comes in at a close second, but the architecture on Nessus, just the Vex, uh, that Vex architecture is very interesting to me. And it's, and it's huge. You have, you know, all kinds of different environments with all sorts of vehicles and, and then the under, like the, uh, you can get, I, I didn't figure it out until like a month ago, but you can get like under the map where you find Kate, like Kate originally, <clears throat> you can get down there on patrol and, it's just expansive, and there's still enemies down there. Uh, there's just lots of little things to find and explore, and uh, that's something that Titan and Io both, I think, really struggle with. But EDZ does a pretty good job as well. And um, but yeah, Nessus for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna sound like a broken record here, but I, I re- really also enjoy the Nessus environment. Uh, EDZ's fun. Um, I feel less interested in the architecture because it is more familiar yeah. and human, which is nice. You need, you need a place like that. Um, you know, you need a, right. like a home base and I love mm-hmm. that. It's so huge. That's great. Yep. I, and if, my one thing, my one thing with EDZ is I wish it would give you more reasons to go into the underground section. Cause there's a huge underground section of EDZ. Right. But you basically see like, there. right. Yeah. Exactly. You'll see it like once when you first do all the adventures and the and the uh, lost sectors, but then there's really no reason to ever go down there again. Yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, Nessus is just gorgeous, and it's got a fun uh, NPC to give you missions. And um, I'm I'm still hearing new audio, which is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's large enough that you can exp- if, if you dropped me down in the middle of Nessus right now, I don't think I'd be able to find my way around particularly well. I'm always referencing the map. I'm sort yeah. of using it as a crutch, but uh, it's th- there's a lot going on there, and I, I hope we get to see more of it. I do too. Uh, yeah, as we go on, I, I hope I hope some of the future 
DLCs add on to the areas we already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, def- I definitely like that they created a new area in Curse of Osiris, but I also liked that they added a couple areas in most of the past DLCs, and I hope that something comes back. Agreed. Like, yeah. even, even in those past DLCs, even if they didn't necessarily add areas, they, they added things to do in right. areas that already existed that maybe didn't have something before, which which spiced up even just the traveling between two two points on a map. I really wanted to like IO, um, but I really don't like Asher. And IO <laughs> is just too small of a space um for for what it is. Although I feel like we'll have something to do with the Pyramidian uh eventually. Maybe. Maybe. But uh yeah, it's it's just too small of a space. And same thing with Titan, although the like in the arcology, right? The the arcology is fantastic. But you yeah, can't that, get into most of it. Well, not about most of it, but there's like there's a limit. You can only get so far mm-hmm. when you're on patrol, and otherwise right. you have to go do the missions. Well, that, and that's so crazy to me because it's such a small patrol space, right? And I feel like all they had to do is open up those doors and put a pub, a couple public events inside the arcology. And yeah, be, the arcology does need to be a public space. I think it, it might be my my favorite. Uh, planet if it was for that because the arcology is such a cool environment mm-hmm. curious if we'll see uh, any of that coming uh, in the future so okay uh, Destiny 2 on PC so we added a third platform uh, Brightson I believe you haven't played correct I have not I will have to defer to your judgment on things uh, <laughs> I think we'll make it quick but um, I, it's great that we can play yep. on PC. I have some, like my cousin, for instance, I've been trying to get him to have an Xbox for years. He used to play Halo with me, and then he uh, he said, no, I'm never getting another console. I'm a PC gamer. I was like, oh, okay. So Destiny, Destiny 2 comes out for PC, and he sends me a message and says, do you have it? Like, let's play. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's do this. So uh, I played a bit. I, for the life of me, cannot play with a keyboard and mouse, as it turns out. Um, 15 years of controller first person shooters has completely disabled my keyboard mouse abilities. That'll do it. Yeah. But, uh, so I just play with the uh, Xbox controller and it works great. It feels exactly like playing on the Xbox. Um, well, no, I think that's the, that's the main thing is it's as far as a multi-platform game, it is the best PC version of a game I think I've ever played. It's the mouse and keyboard works really well. It doesn't feel like it's, it's like adapted to mouse and keyboard. It feels like they start from scratch, which I know they did, but it feels like that. It feels perfect, like you'd expect a mouse and keyboard to feel. And then they didn't make the controller feel like it's just mapped to keyboard. So it's like they did the best of both worlds, which no PC game ever does. It's always leans one way or the other, where you need to play with a keyboard or you need to play with a controller to get the best experience. And they just knocked it out of the park, and it feels perfect with both. Yep. Well, I'm not perfect with both because I can't use the keyboard and mouse, but <laughs> I do like the controller bits. And from the people who use the keyboard and mouse, I, I hear good things. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, obviously it looks amazing. Uh, I play on a 4K monitor. looks gorgeous. There's so many particle effects. The textures are better. Everything's just incredible. Yeah, I play on a 2013 iMac booted into Windows mode. So uh, I have... Acceptable How does that frame even rate. Run? <laughs> you know, better than you would expect. 
nice. yeah. And that's about all I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I average around like 35 frames a second, which means it just runs at 30 most of the time. I, say, I, I think my IMAX, uh, 23rd, it's a late 2013. So, yeah, so you're telling I me I could do it. Yeah, did, did, well, did you get the uh, boosted graphics card, the 4 gig one? Because there were two graphics cards or two options. That's a good question. Probably not. And I did get the bigger card. Makes a difference. But, uh, that's okay. But, I don't like mouse and keyboard anyways, so <sighs> stick with my Xbox. And you'd have to start new characters anyway, which is <sighs> still something that I just can't believe like we're having to put up with, but maybe someday. Yeah, I would... I'd play a lot more on PC if uh, if you could transfer your character between. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. So uh, I was going to talk about trials. We can probably skip it. I don't know if there's much to say, unless unless you guys have like anything particularly interesting to uh, say. I think I think we should talk a little bit about Crucible because I mean that's all right. Well, so so then, different. So then let's talk about uh, yeah. So Destiny Two Crucible, and we can integrate all the bits into that. So I think the most fun I've had in Crucible was this last weekend. <laughs> With the lasers? With laser tag. How do I, how do I disconnect you from this phone call? This is... <laughs> no. Did, did it, you really have a good time? I actually really did. And I think it was because it, it came down to... It, it, it felt much more like Halo. Not in the speed of gameplay. But in the fact that everyone had the same, I knew what everyone had. Everyone was using the same gun. And it was a mastery of, you know, that plus whatever your abilities are to win versus, oh, I haven't gotten a Uriel's gift. And so I'm just going to get wrecked. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't thought about but it from that perspective. I was, I am not, I'm also not a, a hardcore PVPer. I'm a much more casual PVPer. And so when it's like the rules are just kind of thrown out and it's just screw it, go, go be goofy. I love that kind of stuff. I had fun with it for like two games and then, and then I was done. <laughs> I just, <laughs> there was, when, the, I, when people figured I, I mean, out that you could like shoot the ground and make the damage bubble go around the corner so that if yeah. like, you didn't even have to be remotely hitting anybody and mm-hmm. still wipe out a whole team. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, honestly, I think it did point out like the because I really like Destiny Two Crucible. I think in a lot of ways it's an improvement in in the things I wanted in in Destiny Two Crucible because I especially for like the more competitive modes I wanted it to be more or less random so that mm-hmm. you you kind of knew what to expect and knew what to do and the four players with a little bit slower recharge times works out really well for that but on the other hand it was also fun in destiny one when you were in the mood for it that it could be crazy chaos and that you could have heavy all over the place and people using supers every 30 seconds and i think that's a big part of the reason why a lot of people liked this last week of prometheus lens crucible because it was just chaos it was like you went in and you could die in two seconds or you could do like I did, was lucky enough to do in one game and get 15 kills in a row without dying. <laughs> it's just like... I don't know how you did that. That is amazing. Just so chaotic. You uh, you ran out of ammo, right? Is what you said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ran out yeah. of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, I, go ahead. Oh, I just think that... Um, I have much more fun in Destiny 2 Crucible when I'm a part of a team and we're communicating. Yeah. Whereas 
and 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 I still had that same fun in Destiny One. But in Destiny One, if there was no one else on, I could still just go jump in a game, and I could do well without communicating with my five other teammates. And I don't think that's nearly as catered to in Destiny Two. Um, so if you're a solo player, I think it you know it it's just not quite as enjoyable this time around. Yeah, I think you're right. I find myself waiting until I have a fire team. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I occasionally try to jump in solo, and it doesn't really work. See, I'd love it if quick play was more of the faster recharge rates, you know, that kind of stuff, and then yeah, multiple supers was, per per game right. instead of just yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> like everyone's gonna get two, and if you're really really good, you can get three, and ever and then the the other mode competitive was more how it is now, which yeah. is great. And it's great for, you know, that'll be good when they finally get into esports. I assume they will. They'll try at some point. Well, we have it's, a custom game coming, hard, right? Right, yes. January, custom games February. are coming. Mm-hmm. So I think that's leading up to them probably trying to do some sort of championship series. Yeah, that'd be pretty but, cool. Anything else to add to the... Uh... The Crucible bucket? Yeah. I feel like Trials is still... Uh, it doesn't feel any different to me in terms of <laughs> I'm just going to go in and get shot from really long ranges. It's not snipers now, but it's, you know, it's Midas or Nameless Midnight's or Uriel's Gifts. So yep, yep. I've still just kind of stayed away from it. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, the the fact that there are two game modes now that alternate each week, I think that's fantastic. Um, the survival version is a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but the countdown game mode is a ton of fun, and I like that it flip flops each week. I think that gives some some variety to the game. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's different strategies. It just it it changes how the play space works. You know, each time you're on it. So I do appreciate that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Something else, real quick, about Crucible in D two compared to D one with the removal of power level influence in any game type i think makes uh it all kind of feel samey i appreciated the difference that light levels had in destiny one when you were playing iron banner or trials maybe not trials so much but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and iron i mean iron banner just was like so it's Saladin talking to me instead of Shax, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing different. There's nothing. There was, there's nothing special about it because I think in Destiny Two everything is so reward driven rather than activity driven, which yeah. I dislike more than I like. I like my rewards, but I also like a variety of things to do. And when it's like I could go play Iron Banner or I could play Quick Play, and it's the same thing. Like, come yeah, on! I, I almost feel like. With the way Destiny Two is built, that they should really make Iron Banner like a, a its own mode. Like mm-hmm. it should be some kind of different mode that you only play when Iron Banner's on. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have a differentiating factor. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that, but I think you're absolutely right. I was surprised when Iron Banner dropped the the, the light yeah. the power level. I I liked that Trials went that way, uh, even the playing field a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't really necessary. No, but I was definitely surprised when Iron Banner dropped the light levels. So um, next, the, the big in-game challenge, the Leviathan Raid, um, I, I think all three of us can agree was pretty pretty fantastic. 
yeah. Didn't really know what to oh, expect. Yeah. Had lots of surprises and new content and uh I don't even I don't even know really where to start. So I I'm gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna see if if Xenos has a, a favorite thing <laughs> that he wants to talk about about the Leviathan raid. And just for what it's worth, in case you haven't done it yet, we're talking spoilers here. So <laughs> I I don't I can't pick one thing. The the entire experience was was better than I was ever expecting. Because it was it didn't just feel like they wanted to just make a new raid, they wanted to make an entirely new experience. Because mm-hmm. not only is it awesome encounters that they refined really well, I think better than any they did before, because there's not really any cheesy ways to do any of the encounters unless people are glitching. But uh they all just work really well, they flow really well. It never it rarely feels cheap. Uh, unless you go into prestige, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, just the underbelly, the uh, like when we discovered the underbelly, it was like holy crap! That was spent so great. So much time on this area that you're barely going to spend any time through it. Like ninety percent of the time, you're just going to run through it. Yeah. And yet, it's just as detailed as every other, if not more detailed in some parts. Then I really, I really appreciate with the underbelly how they. They incorporate. It's not something you're. You just. You can just do it after you've done the. You know the three main encounters, um, before you hit Callus. But I like how they've taken it and said, you know, you can use this to get from path A. You know, point A to point B, rather than just going back through the. uh, The hub. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I appreciate you know that level of detail is nice because. I, you know, when we run it, we do go through there every time because we want to go get the chest right away and we don't want to have to wait until the very end. So it the, definitely was designed with that in mind, which is nice. I think is like a, the single most um, obvious example for me of a great place in Destiny 2 that I wanted to explore and was feeling like wonder about um, yeah. was that first night when we were... We had we had been raiding for I don't even know how many hours. <laughs> we were all exhausted. We had you know finished what two encounters at that point, um, and we were just hanging out in the outer space and talking, just sort of jumping around exploring. And Dinos, you were dorking around with the levers down below and like accidentally triggered it. <laughs> um, and we discovered that it could open up, and we like there were you know people from our fire team who who had gone offline and we sent them a message. We're like, come back. You got to come back. <laughs> and we, you know, ran around there for like another hour until, until we accidentally died um, mm-hmm. and, and wiped and, and reset it and we couldn't get back in anymore. But like that hour of just like running around being completely unsure of what the next corner held and like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, this part has bad guys and like this goes off to some other place. And it was just so expansive and awesome. And oh, yeah. that was great that was such a fun surprise that um i i love that they put that in there and whoever at bungie like pitched that idea and pushed it forward you know did a great job because from this from the player standpoint i haven't had that in in the destiny game uh and i i can't remember you know the last time it felt like quite that same way yeah i i still think uh just as i did with destiny one i think the raid team is probably their strongest group of uh, encounter Absolutely. encounter designers, uh, you know. Props to them, man. Well, and I, I mean, they they've got the advantage of 
they pretty much work on that the entire time. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, smaller smaller widget but far more refined. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they, they just knocked it out of the park. Uh and I love that they were able to integrate the the new raid content. We'll we'll get to this later, but like that the new raid content was an extension of this huge place. Um makes me wonder what else there's potential for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so the the underbelly was a great surprise. Uh and then, you know, it was uh going back to the just the raid itself, the the mechanics are a lot of fun and I really appreciated that the um the challenge wasn't that they were just throwing wave after wave and you know oceans of enemies like bullet sponge enemies at you and mm-hmm. sometimes the um the Templar fight in Vault of Glass like was super challenging and it felt like you're just getting completely overwhelmed by really tanky enemies while taking you know snipers are taking pot shots at you from when well, it's like periphery. it's literally the hardest encounter in in the raid easily. oh yeah yeah um the the leviathan doesn't really have that unless as you said you're on prestige mode yeah which we'll get back to <laughs> um but no i loved that that it was all about the choreography right i mean the um the gauntlet encounter is all about moving to the right place hitting your marks just it, it's like it's like clockwork and you're just making yep. things happen on a regular you're just you're yeah, if if you're on point, you just it's it's like a you're just setting the beat to a music almost. Yep. Like it's mm-hmm. you know your role. And there's something really satisfying about getting really good at that as a team and just knocking that out of the park. Um and then same thing for for dogs just in a completely different way the 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 garden, the pleasure gardens. Um yeah, that I just I really enjoy that those encounters are set up so that it's about being smart about the fight and finding the best way to like work as a group to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's something I liked about um, in King's fall, the, the totems encounter felt like that to me as well, because there were a lot of enemies, but you generally didn't get completely overrun and everyone had to move. You know, you were, you were doing the, the weaving pattern. Right. And uh, yeah. to me, the, this entire raid sort of feels that way, which I thought was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I liked how it was. It it felt different from any of the other raids, which was something I was really worried about. And then I thought, okay, are we? You know, how how do you keep these ideas fresh? And when you when you don't have the, um, oh, that complexity that you can have in something like WoW because you're on a mouse and keyboard, and you have a lot more characters on screen. You've got six people in first person with guns. How do you? How do you keep that fresh? Yeah. Um, and I've just been impressed that they keep doing it. Agreed. Absolutely. And then uh, the, the the finale that, you know, it turns out that uh, you're, you're in the middle of the boss fight, shooting this guy, and then all of a sudden his face falls off and he's a giant robot. And you're like, what <laughs> the hell is going on? That and was then a great moment. The final room. Yeah, you and finally there's... knock him down, and then it turns out there's like hundreds more of them waiting. This is very clever. Of yeah, them. that was super clever. And then it's and it's you know they've made it part of the the game, the in-game uh, lore, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if in the uh, I I assume based on the UI, and maybe we can 
talk about this later. I don't know. Within the after the, the the raid layer, so in the UI, there's the raid layer, the raid, and then there's a blank space on the right. Yep. What looks like another raid layer, probably in yeah. DLC the, two. They confirmed that DLC two will have a raid layer. Perfect. I wonder if we'll fight the actual Callus in that, or if it will just Callus will forever be a figure that's out there in the ether. We well, don't it, see. It, it's interesting because uh, lore wise, they they pull they pull a nice trick on you. Once again, spoilers that uh, you it's on the Leviathan. You start by fighting Cabal, and then haha, just kidding. The bosses effects in the raid layer. So are they going to do the same thing in DLC two? Whatever enemies we're fighting, are we going to find that enemy there, or are they oh, going to yeah, finish yeah. up the Callus story? It's a good point. Because we think that'll probably be will be fallen again. That's what I would think. Based on the me. on the art, the one piece of art they released, right? Right. Destiny one Rasputin had to do with fallen, and I think uh, uh, Bray. What's her name? Supposedly the the hunter who's on the cover art for DLC oh, yeah. two. Uh, Everybody's pretty sure it's Bray. Bray. She had something to do with Twilight Gap, right? I don't remember Raga, anymore. Raga, check my yeah, check somebody, that uh, info. <laughs> Shingo, the official DBO Cryptarch. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Bray is her name. Anna, right. that's right. Yeah. And yes, she was present at the Battle of Twilight Gap. I know things. <laughs> Nicely done. I try. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like now that I brought up Raga Shingo, or I guess Brightson did, um, I'm going to make a quick plug because I'm going to try to get this episode out um, soon. It's currently the evening of December 12th and on December 15th uh, submissions are due for the fan fiction contest that Raka is hosting with some pretty sweet loot. Um, We got a, this first round is the prompt is to write a story about your guardian's origin about the, the first time your ghost found your guardian and I think there's a lot of potential out there. It's sort of fun. I hadn't really thought about this before, and now I'm trying to think of a story to write, and there's, it's like, too many directions to go. I love that it's an opportunity for us to kind of create our own beginning. We all, you know, those of us who are in Destiny 1 experience the Cosmodrome version of things, but it obviously doesn't make sense for us all in, in the canon to have done that. So it's it's kind of fun to look at what where did my guardian come from and what did they experience when my ghost found them? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun idea. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a ghost plushie to win Ooh, or a that sweet loot. Destiny one exotic weapons poster. Um, personally I'd go for the plushie, but you know, Hey, <laughs> I'd go for the poster. <laughs> I think I'd go for the poster too. Although I have too many posters currently. I have like three that are, aren't hung up because there's no wall space. See, that's why you need the plushie. Maybe, maybe the plushie would be better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so submissions are due on December 15th and I uh, highly encourage everyone to go out and try to write something. I, um, I jokingly suggested to Mac addict that he should write a haiku. And so he did, he wrote like a whole series <laughs> of haiku and it was awesome. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah I was like, it's sweet. Nice job. So whatever you have, uh, you know, put it out there and just contribute. Um, I think there's some potential to have some really cool stories built up um, 
you know, through, through this process. I, he's got nine or 10 rounds of, of this, I think, uh, planned. So there's definitely some, some, uh, opportunity out there. You know, when Ragged does something, he doesn't half-ass it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if we want to really touch on it too much, but uh, the the salt mines of <laughs> the internet have been uh, prolific the last few weeks in regard to Destiny 2 and things Bungie has or may not have or who knows done. Um, I've not really been keeping like close tabs on any of it because I generally find the, the crankiness frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. But, uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Um, I just think they're all crazy because I'm really enjoying destiny too. I think there's plenty of stuff to do. I know there's a lot more coming, but, uh, I'm curious what you guys uh, Honestly, all, all I have to think about it is I paid $80 for these two experiences and it's totally worth that amount of money. I'm not paying a monthly fee. I'm not mm-hmm. expecting him to vastly change the game or improve the game every month. And, uh, I, I, I just don't, I don't know how anybody could expect that to happen that quickly or, or to have mo- that much more content that quickly. It's just, I don't I don't understand it. It's like, if you did, if you're disappointed with it, come back in a year I'm sure Destiny Destiny Two is going to be a lot bigger, just like it was after the Taken King came out, and maybe you'll like it better. But uh, I just I don't get the point of heaping mountains of salt onto the internet when they're already aware of the things that people don't like about the game. It's it's people have made it blatantly obvious over the last two months. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish there was a. It, it just I think. First off, the more mainstream something is, the more salt exists in a yeah. community. And and as Destiny 2 is now on three platforms and is much more mainstream, I think, than Destiny 1. I think Destiny 1 was, it became popular over time. Um, but we were all hardcore because we had been there from the beginning. Um, it had salt, but not to the degree that we see for D2. And I think that's just... One, it's mainstream, and and two, it's whether we like it or not. It it's an it appears to be an effective way to get pe- the developers to change things. Yeah. Um. I just wish we had a better way of commu- like them telling us, "Hey, sorry, we're like we're ignoring Reddit. <laughs> That's just yeah, yeah. not where we're going <laughs> for community feedback. Um. If you want to have a positive discussion about it, like do that on our forums or something like that. But I don't know how you defeat the salt. I think you just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what you have to do. Yep. Yep. I will say the, um, you know, I think that they are reacting quickly to the things that need to be fixed, mm-hmm. you know, soonest. Um, this whole business with, with the launch of the, the new DLC, you know, putting the, the prestige raid um, and the nightfall and such behind the paywall locking off trials of Osiris, all that was kind of a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that, that was not fully thought through. However, they are as, I think as quickly as they can adjusting and going back on, on some of those decisions appropriately. So they're communicating so well as to go along with that. They're communicating really well in that, you know, it's not just Deej writing a blog post. It's 
you know, it's Luke on Twitter or, you know, Mark or Chris that say something and it's that leadership. I think a lot of times in Destiny 1, we we get... Deej was the ear to the community and so he heard everything and he responded. But for some of those higher level things, he can respond, but that doesn't... I mean, how does that translate from a community to... We don't know that, you know, Jason or whomever the game designer is at the top is listening or cares. Yeah. And when, you know, when you see Luke put out, you know, a tweet about something, uh, you know that that's getting through to him. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that on top of what Deej does really well and Cosmo in, in communicating with the community via the written, the written blogs that go into more detail than what you know, Luke or Mark would really want to. <laughs> yeah. Or what you can fit into a tweet, but right. Yeah. I don't really have any gripes, I think with, um, how things are being handled. I, I, I do agree with them. Uh, and they've, they, they've already said that they're going to do this, that they need to be a little bit more open about what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that even now the, 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 the negative criticism they're getting about curse of Osiris is because they kind of held it close to their chest. Um, and so a lot of people were expecting more out of Curse of Osiris than I think was reasonable. Um, mm. But if they'd been more clear about what's coming, people might not have been as disappointed. Um, that's a, but that's it's a hard line to to toe. Yeah. Well, what game was it like two years ago? I want to say it was like two years ago. That I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was like here buy this DLC. We're not going to tell you what's in it. And there was huge oh, backlash. No. It was huge backlash. I, I mean, essentially, that's what they've done with Osiris and the whatever the next one's going to be, DLC two. I mean, we don't know now. We do because they've started to communicate more. Um, like Xenos, you said earlier, with a, a new raid layer is confirmed yeah. for DLC two. But you know, we don't know. We know from past the past, and we're impl- we're putting those expectations on what we think we're going to get. So I think if they communicate well in advance, hey, this is what you're getting in terms of not specifics, but like you're getting a story and you're getting strikes and, you know, just to be somewhat yeah. more clear will will help. Yeah, I agree. What's interesting to me is this isn't the first time that we've had Bungie get themselves in trouble for not communicating stuff and then they mm-hmm. come out, they fix it. They communicate for a while, and then after a while, maybe it's like between major releases, um, they go back to they being quiet and cryptic, which... um, That's so a part of their DNA, though, in their history, that I think that's just... It's definitely an uphill battle for them as an internal internally as a studio is how do we communicate what we... Because you don't want to spoil everything. I don't want to know everything. No, I yeah. love to be surprised, uh, I, but, it, it is, but you do have to have a level of trust there. Right. And I think that's the thing, right? You know, all, all three of us, right? I think if Bungie were to say, okay, we have this new expansion, we think it's great. Um, it's 20 bucks and we're not telling you anything about it. Go buy it. Like you said, right? Like <laughs> I would love it. Personally. I would buy it. I would think that'd be fantastic because I believe that they would put the same amount of effort into something like that as they have with, previous expansions um yeah but i think most consumers probably wouldn't feel that way and i'm sure activision would not be so into the idea of you know having small sales up front and then potentially growing them large later on 
just based well, on I, word of mouth and reviews. Like, I, th- I think that goes into because uh, what they haven't figured out is is what the movie industry has figured out, which is the most people want to know as much front up as uh, upfront as possible going into an experience, which is why trailers for movies have become to the point where you see like half the movie or at least pieces of half the movie, half the scenes in the movie before you go to see the movie. And, and Bungie doesn't want to do that with their games, but the truth is that's kind of what people want. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want it for movies either, but for Apparently whatever reason, other people when, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm definitely, I, I'm feeling like I'm in the minority with uh, that kind of thinking. Yeah, me, me as well. Curious. So uh, we we've been bouncing around it, but the so Curse of Osiris just launched last week. Um, I've been having a great time, and yeah. uh, there's a whole lot of new stuff in there that we are still discovering. Um, every time I'm running a heroic adventure, like new audio lines are happening, or it ends up in a completely different place than the last two times I ran it. Yeah. Um I I'm having a I'm having a ball with it. Uh I have one major gripe and that is it's called Curse of Osiris. But I'm not <laughs> sure what the curse is. I was talking to Xenos about this earlier. And I and I feel like it's not like somebody not a good explanation. No, it's not like somebody, you know, made him stay in the infinite forest for a huge amount of time uh and he's stuck there without a way to get out. No, he's doing it to himself. Yeah. It's a yeah yeah I think it's definitely a a self in, induced curse induced <laughs> might not be the right word. Yeah and it just that was kind of odd. I guess it's it, it mostly goes with like the Egyptian theme of Osiris mm-hmm. and then you need like like the curse of the mummy. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. <laughs> I, I bet you I bet you really they were like well, the perfect name would be the Trials of Osiris, but we already used that. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> and nobody would have bought it. No, nope. <laughs> I have to pay twenty dollars for a PvP mode that we, was. We thought in it was salty now. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, how, I mean, how are you guys? Like, Brighton, what's your what's your read on Curse of Osiris? Overall, as an experience, I love it. It has a lot of the same problems that I think Destiny Two has in term for me personally, which is the the story is a little weak um, and it doesn't really have a satisfying conclusion. But other than that, like in the Infinite Forest, is it's okay. I wish it had been more of like a end game uh, Prison of Elders thing, but that's because we all want more end game content. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no. But like. I like really like Mercury. It's small, but there's still plenty to do um, between the heroic strikes or the heroic adventures, and then the the, the new strikes. The missions uh, were all really really well done. Um, the public event is a ton of fun. The public event is a ton of fun. I do wish that there was more than just the one public event on Mercury. <laughs> yeah, even if it was just changes. To yeah, the one. That it, was yeah, over there. yeah, a slight a variant on it. But um, but overall, as a as a twenty dollar package, um, totally worth it. Cool. I haven't even I haven't even got any of the uh, the new the forged weapons yet. The, the oh. Vex themed guns. Yeah, I real life stuff came up, so I just, 
that and 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 the raid layer. <laughs> well, I mean, the raid layer alone, I think, is worth more more than half the price of the DLC. Oh, for sure. Oh, for it sure. Is some of the coolest environments in the entire in the entire game, and that end boss fight is super tough, but super fun it's, and super it's, interesting. It's brutal but rewarding. Yeah, so uh, for those listening, um, Xenos, Brightson, and I uh, were all on a blind raid fire team for the raid lair all at the same time, so our experience is going to be identical. Um, but yeah, that was a ridiculous amount of fun. Uh, love the environment. I love that we had the environment puzzles early mm-hmm. on. Um, there was lots of jumping into the water, and uh, we we... Oh, I should... <clears throat> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm going to splice that in before we start talking about this. It's probably a good idea. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I, I love that there were the environment puzzles and it was ridiculous fun to walk into that giant tunnel and we're like, this looks like the inside of like a 007 movie. Like it's like a gun barrel. It's like a or something, barrel. That doesn't uh. make sense, but let's go see what's at the end of it. <laughs> sure Boom. enough. Well, then, and then one of us made a joke that we were going to get fired off into space. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, like two seconds before it happened. That was, that was yeah, that was fantastic. So good. Yeah. Um, really fun environment just in, to be in. And I liked that they had the, um, the, the link with the, the first raid, right? Like the, the first raid, you're on this yeah. giant world eating ship and the entire purpose of the raid layer is something's wrong in the, down in the belly of, of the beast. And Callus mm-hmm. wants you to go fix it because that's kind of what we are right now. We're, we're just running errands for Callus. Uh, because we get loot for it we're just puppets yeah, we really are and we, yeah it's it's kind of fantastic um, well, and, the, and the and the fake out ending was pretty good too oh that was great yeah that was that was good yeah but then it turns out you know the the vex mind at the in the middle of nessus is has put up a giant shield and is like gumming up the the engine works for mm-hmm. the ship and so you got to go kill it and once you do the shield goes away and you're going to get sucked off into the <laughs> You know, yeah, the combine, and he saves you. That, it was great. We just, I, I think it was um, well integrated into the existing structure of of the raids. You know, the raid area that we know, but it was mm-hmm. in yeah. itself completely unique. Yeah, um, and just fun to be in. Agreed. Yeah, um, you can definitely tell that it's something that they thought about. I mean, it's not like they released Destiny Two and we're like, crap, we don't have time to make another raid. Let's. How can we shoehorn this in? That this was something that they thought about when they were early in development on Destiny Two, and it was like, okay, so we're gonna do a raid once a year for the big expansions and main releases. What can we do in the meantime to satisfy that in-game hunger that our players are gonna have? And I love how integrated it is, lore-wise, location-wise. Um, it just really fits, and it and it makes the universe a little more full. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I will say. Uh, so, do you guys have any thoughts about the the boss fight, the strategies, the what what our group did that you see other groups doing or not doing? Anything like that? I, I don't think we've 
we've fully figured out what the best way to do it is yet. No, we have not. No. We have record, not optimized it at we all. Barely finished. Uh, we squeaked by by the slimmest of margins. It was. Yep. Uh, we were at full enrage timer, and things were going really, <laughs> really haywire <laughs> when it finished. Ooh. I was down to the point where I was going to just try to punch him in the face because I was out of ammo and <laughs> you couldn't see his health. And I was like, that's all I got. So I ran up right up, right up next to him. And then he did like an AOE attack and killed me right as he died. That's right. The rest of us were firing our auto rifles at him. Yeah, I was, I was out. So <laughs> I don't think we even had the, uh, we didn't have the buff at that point. It had gone away. No, so no, we no, weren't even gone. doing the exaggerated yeah. damage. We were just, yeah, we were just, was... Poking away at a hundred, hundred hit points per auto rifle bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the the final mechanic was like I, I felt like it was harder for us to figure out. Um, we were we were granted we were a couple hours in. It was really late at night, and so we weren't like on our A game. But um, mm-hmm. we there were weren't just any not, hints though. There there weren't any yeah. hints. Is what you said? Yeah, there weren't any hints. Right. So it wasn't like elsewhere in the raid that we had seen like, okay, you know, there's a shield wall and it goes from void to solar to arc and then turns off. Like it it didn't like, there wasn't a cycle that we could cue into and say, Oh, I've seen this somewhere else. Maybe it's happening here in the encounter. Um, And so instead we were trying to do pattern recognition while trying to stay alive while ridiculous numbers of harpies were trying to murder all of us. (laughs) And for some reason that night, it just wasn't clicking. Like we just did not see the pattern. Um, and it wasn't until afterward when we all decided like, okay, obviously we're missing something. Uh, let's look it up online. And sure enough, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, look at that. That could have been useful for us to know. Yep. (laughs) Um, yeah, I felt like some way Bungie could have, could have telegraphed that, that aspect of it. Or maybe we're just dumb. <laughs> or maybe we're just totally dumb and we're the only fire team who never saw it, which is totally, <laughs> totally possible. Very possible. Uh, but no, that was great. I, I liked that everybody had to communicate and uh, it was a really big encounter space. Um, I was surprised with how little I fell off into the void that happened almost yeah. like I'm like twice. I think like it, well, the, yeah, I don't remember there's, our team there's not falling as, off much as at all. Yeah, there's not much as much like as many holes as you think there are, right? Because there's a lot well, of little ledges and platforms down below to yeah. catch to catch yeah. you. Yeah, we also we also didn't have Cloud or Kermit, so you know, <laughs> we love you, Cloud. We love you, Kermit. <laughs> We're an hour into this podcast; they they've fallen asleep by now. <laughs> I love you too. I love you too so much. Don't hate me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm never getting invited back, am I? <laughs> I don't know. It depends hey, you didn't defend me and Bjorn. <laughs> oh, that's true. Good point. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed the boss fight, and I, I I'm looking forward to us going back in and just trying to get better and better at it. We have definitely mm-hmm. a lot of optimizing to do, but. Um, from an encounter standpoint, I, I feel like it was really well put together. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's reminiscent in terms of like difficulty to the, uh, Akis, Akis, Axis, Axis, 
axis the axis encounter in terms of like it, that's a very complex with lots of moving parts and it's very chaotic and it's very chaotic and this captured that really well more yeah. so than um oryx or atheon did or even crota did so i i like that because it went from something that was very uh like uh we're spoilers in already so you know light combat with a puzzle of sections um and even the sec even the combat sections kind of after those puzzle sections were were still fairly light um to something that was very mechanically difficult with lots of ads and so i like that a lot it was a good juxtaposition yeah yeah um well i guess we never came back to it but uh we were going to talk about the prestige raid and it sounds like there's going to be a prestige raid lair, which I'm really not looking forward to at this point. No. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, yeah. Xenos, you and I uh, both agree that the prestige mode was like 5% too difficult. Yep. Like if they had just shaved a little bit off the top of how how crazy some of those fights are, especially, baths especially. Like, Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have yet to complete the prestige raid. Um, you know, we were all fully, fully light lit up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we power full, level, full, power full light level. power. Yeah. And, uh, we just like, couldn't swing it. Um, it's rough. It's super, it's rough. definitely, it definitely feels like it's designed for the people who stream this game every day. Yeah. Yeah. Not for even the people who play every day, but you know, maybe aren't that hardcore. I, yeah. Just, it's, it's just, it's just a little too difficult. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if. Well, so now that the uh, they've dropped the light level on it, you know, back down to three hundred, I think that's going to be the differentiator. Mm-hmm. And if we are, you know, if, I don't know what the damage scale looks like if you're thirty light higher than the the target, but um, if that makes all the difference, then I think it'll be still a challenge, but a lot more fun. So I'm actually kind of right, looking yeah. forward to going back in at this point, um, and and finishing my. Is it Acrius, uh, the shotgun? Yes, yeah, Legend uh-huh. of Acrius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished my Legend yeah, of Acrius. I had that last step for so long. <laughs> I know. Oh, hey, remember when you guys said you are going to help me with that? Oh, wait, you never did, because you never said you were going to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what part are you on? I still had, don't have, even have gotten the dang thing to begin with. How I still need to do the strike. Oh, with. I need to do the strike. Oh, oh the horrible the strike. strike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the horrible strike. Exactly. That's what you notice said when I asked you about promising, it. And <laughs> notice a lack of promising whenever you bring it up. It's because that's how much we hate that strike. <laughs> that strike was awful. <laughs> so, so annoying. Hey, we'll be, Although, we'll be over-leveled here soon enough. I was going to say, yeah. if yeah. a new back. level, I might be willing to go in and give it a shot, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just wait till we get to, like, 330, 335. <laughs> yeah. If anyone listening wants to carry a poor soul through, you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to be Brights and Suckleberry. <laughs> I thought it was you, Bjorn. I thought it would be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, clearly not. Um so yeah, so back to back to the new stuff in Curse of Osiris. Um I don't know, Brightson, if you have a four uh, K television or anything. Or a Xbox One X. Um, no, but uh, not yet. Yet uh, being the keyword. Yes, someday soon. soon. Uh, highly recommended. 
Xenos, yes. in one word, your thoughts on 4K HDR Destiny 2 on Xbox. Gorgeous. And I don't know how there could be a different word. <laughs> I, I was going to use glorious, so. <laughs> Gloriously gorgeous. Yeah, Very glorious. Nice. I, I, GG. I literally, and we both talked about it. There's like the room you get to when you're in the past on Mercury with the w- reflective water. And you can see the sky through a hole in the background. And I literally just like stopped. Like and there's the, col- and there's the columns so that have uh, the like the light grid on them. Like the, yeah. the structure of the room has has uh that that room is just amazing. I want to make wallpapers of that room. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Um. It's just, it's fan. <clears throat> Sorry. It's just fantastic. Uh. It's I'm, so I I have been without a television for a year and a half now. Um. And so finally just recently got a new like 4K OLED HDR and Planet Earth 2 is amazing and Destiny 2 is amazing. <laughs> and that's kind of as far as I've gotten on it to be honest. But um there's just what's, something What's Planet Earth 2's end game like cuz I want to make sure before <laughs> I invest the time that it's worth my <laughs> uh, It's Darius no end game, unfortunately. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh no so it's it's um obviously bungie has done like a ton of work in the back end with the just just in the like creation of the environments and how they've done the the lighting and how they've built the rendering engine to handle all of this because um it's pretty freaking seamless i'm i've been yeah. looking for weird graphical glitches things that um you know might be out of out of sorts when you're in hdr mode just because it's not as common right mm-hmm. like if you're if you it's it's fairly uncommon i think at this point still uh for people to be driving hdr uh much less from a you know brand new console and yeah. it's uh, i can't find anything the game runs flawlessly and looks yep. fantastic so i'm sold like I I wasn't sure about it. I I was kind of like, eh, this could be silly, but no, it's <laughs> it's, it's absolutely worth it. I'm very much looking forward to it in the next year. Yeah, yeah, I I recommend it for sure. Uh, music. One of you wanted to talk about music. I I was just gonna. I just wanted to bring it up because uh, Curse of Osiris kind of feels like the first time they've stepped away from like far away from the classic destiny sound because they really put in those like egyptian sounds mm-hmm. into the music and i love it and i think i i hope that they do that in the future with dlc because i don't i don't think we really got like really different music in destiny one until like the taken king is kind of the first time and it still it had that like very hive heavy feel so I hope I hope this is the way it continues. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but I I'm I'm a fan, and I hope they keep it up. I don't know. I this is one of the, I don't recall uh, Crota's End or House of Wolves their soundtracks being any different than like Vanilla Destiny. Well, you're right. Yeah. Crota's End the uh, the raid uh, well, music. Sure, right. sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, but like with Taken King and Rise of Iron, they had very unique soundtracks. And Destiny Two Vanilla was a very 
a very good again just kind of a refinement of what i thought destiny one was there were some yeah. like oh uh, like the the uh the journey uh track with the string quartet oh yeah oh, oh that was amazing fantastic um and i felt like i i mean, i want to go back and replay and have more more intently listen to music but it didn't like what stood out to me was this is this sounds like middle eastern right this sounds like egyptian but not right. in like a sci-fi cool way uh, in more of like a it's different to be different not like a it's different <laughs> because well i i don't i don't i don't know if i'm describing that well but it 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 felt like the music was based around the you know the guardian of osiris and and much less around the vex the enemy and and that's there's nothing wrong with that i just think in the past we've had i guess uh, uh, rise of iron was a little more like that too but um I didn't feel like it was. I felt like you could have put any enemy in there; it wouldn't have mattered. You, know, well, you could have been the, fighting the fallen versus the vex, and and it wouldn't have been any different. But you're I, you're I, definitely I right. But it. I I think the reason why I liked it is because I think they've leaned on that theme, those themes, for too many too long. DLCs at this point. That's that's fair. That's totally fair. So so it's like I actually kind of in Destiny Two, even even though there were some parts that were very cool soundtrack. The parts mm-hmm. that leaned back on the themes of the enemies we already know, I don't even remember them. Like I, sure. they just kind of like flow past me. But as soon as Osiris started playing, or I started playing Osiris, the music immediately stuck out to me because they they did do something new, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I want. Because I, I mean, even the Halo games did a better job of it than I think Destiny's done so far. Because you got some really different music in the sequels than you did in the first game, and so I hope. They continue that, yes, they should have some things that reference back to what we love about Destiny, but they also, I want them to be encouraged to keep doing new themes and new ideas instead of just leaning back on the same themes. Didn't they, uh, I'm trying to remember, there was a podcast um, where they interviewed Mike Salvatore. It was. Yeah, and they talked a bit about this, actually, and how they were looking to... um, uh, I, I, I got the sense that 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 was their goal. They're they're trying to do that with that De- with Destiny Two is sort of harken back to some of the you know like the Guardian theme, but yeah, but not be bound by it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what we're seeing, and uh, hopefully, you know, they continue to put some good music together. I, I've I haven't really uh, like consciously noticed the music in Curse of Osiris yet. Um, but I have been, I've enjoyed what I've heard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was never so distracting or bad. And I wouldn't even describe it as bad just because I, you know, it's not my personal preference. doesn't mean it's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, I, I like what, how you said that Bjorn where it's, it, it, it didn't stand out. It wasn't like in Rise of Iron, and maybe that's because we've had a much. It was a much shorter time with that music. The campaign was very short compared to when I think back, Taken King and right and Rise of Iron, which makes sense because those are expansions, not DLCs. I get that. Um, so yeah, maybe I just needed some more time for it to grow on me. We'll check back in with you in a few months. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll add your reaction onto under the show. Um, so yeah, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. We're running almost an hour and a half, but, uh, 
Speaking of new music and opportunities for new music, we've got The Dawning right around the corner. I sort of expected it to drop today. I'm surprised that it didn't. Um, and uh, what do you guys think? Are we going to get SRL? Are we going to get missions? Like, what do you think? Uh, Please, we're gonna SRL. Get? Please. Yeah, I really want SRL. I mean, I really. the problem is I really want our SRL to come back more than just once a year. So <laughs> <laughs> I almost hope we get missions and then we get SRL as like a rotating thing but i have a feeling that, it'll be our that srl would be preferred thing and i'm dang excited i really enjoyed the dawning and um i'm just looking forward to another reason to get back in and yeah play with my friends yeah i i'm i'm really uh i i like the idea of the dawning and i like how they executed it uh, was it last year uh how many mm-hmm. how many years have we had the dawning now have we had it two full years I think we only had it one year, didn't we? Did we just have it one year? I was thinking I it was remember. just one year. Yeah. Because I believe the previous year we had SRL. Right. We didn't, it wasn't but called we didn't, the Dawn. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. They gave us that emblem, but no like event. And we're like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really I like the concept of it. I liked how it felt and uh, sort of a celebration of the winter solstice. And like, it just it felt really cool. So the start of a new year. Um, and it had some fun music that went along with it. So I'm hoping that any day now it's going to drop and we'll get to play some of that extra new content mm-hmm. on top of all the stuff that we're still exploring in uh, Osiris. Yeah, it'll be interesting when they drop it just based on we have faction rallies that are next week and then Iron Banner supposedly the week after that. So do they do they wait and or do they release it alongside of a live event? Yeah, they had said mid-December, so I'm thinking it's got to be next week. It's got to be then, yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, I sort of expect it to run two weeks, though, so it'll it'll probably incorporate Iron Banner as well. Yeah. Well, if, it, if, it's, like, uh, if it's like last year's, last year's ran four weeks. I'm hoping that's... Was it really? That's how long it lasts. Oh, that'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really nice. Cool. All right, well, I know that we have to wrap up. Um, the We have a, a date with... Uh, Argos, is that Argos, his name? Yeah. Argos, yeah, yeah, yeah we date with Argos, and uh, we know I, we got a break before then. So, thank you everybody for for listening. And uh, Kermit, Claude, we apologize again. <laughs> Love you guys. And, uh, My bad. We will. Oh, and Brighton, thank you so much for for joining us. It was wonderful to have you on and just hear your thoughts and. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Xenos, for helping me put this together. And the rest of you, we'll see you starside. You awesome music. Yeah. Oh, I should probably mention, you know, I don't think I've ever said our music is uh, was composed and put together by Master Biggie. And we haven't really heard much of him, you know, lately. In a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, he's put together some really fantastic stuff that I, I really appreciate that we have that content to put on the, the podcast. And it's all unique, you know, custom for, for DBO. That's pretty, pretty great. So thanks, Biggie. Thanks, Biggie.
Bum, bum. Yeah. So. I just need to remember not to get too excited. <laughs> if you knock over the microphone, it makes a really loud crashing sound. Uh, I'm going to put that in the show for sure. Oh, no. Oh, dear. That's not good at all. Watch. I'm going to be the one who knocks something over. (laughs) (laughs) 